Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. Opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers... Open your mind, grab your mouth, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Ross, go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. You just got music going on. I'm like, all right. Am I supposed to be rocking out here? Or? <laughs> We're fading out. I was, I was rocking out. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? Well, you mean the music's so loud that you can actually, like, you heard it that loud? Yeah, I didn't do the tape off. Taper off. Well, look, anyway, here, here, here it goes. Here's full blast. And here's Let's fading do the- out. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, who manages the SEO team at Sear Interactive. John, how's it going? Hey, I'm rocking out, man. <laughs> I was like, uh, I didn't think tapes could just get caught up like that anymore. Anyway, uh, yeah, so my weekend was spent moving our boy to his new room and moving uh-huh. everything all around the house. It was such a joy. That so, sounds like a blast. Yeah, so it's kind of like getting back to work is both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I got you beat on the moving front, though. I not only moved my boy, but I moved my whole family from Florida to Philadelphia. So, <laughs> yeah, you beat me there. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, 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 the thought of moving even within my own city scares me. Never mind a long distance move, but uh, 
Well, I'm glad you got there okay. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad to be back doing a show. It's been so long, man. I missed it. Yeah. Well, we've certainly been getting uh, a few pokes here and there from people going, what the hell? Where are you? Come on. Christmas is uh, over. I blame Brasco. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's Brasco's fault. Yeah, it's, it's easy. It's, it's, it's the best way to go, really. Mm-hmm. So we've got a couple of questions to start the show, and then, well, we've just got to jump into the Panda Farmer update. And, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> a little news from SMX West from uh, courtesy of Vanessa Fox's article on Search Engine Land. So to start it off, we got a, a, a great uh, – some good gra- SEO 101 questions, some good grassroots questions to get back to. And one, uh, there are a couple from Richard Bate. And um, – the first one he asks is a lot of people are still unsure about the rel equals canonical. Uh, in fact, many people can't say it. Uh, but anyway, and how to use it properly. <laughs> Could you expand on this and expand, explain how and when to use it correctly? Awesome question. Uh, and I know it's something that we get, I get a lot. Um, yep, me too. And it's, it is pretty funny how you hear everyone say it differently. I'm sure I say it different than some people, but anyway. <laughs> At least we don't have to say canonicalization anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That took me. That took me months to figure out how to say on a regular basis. <laughs> um, so, how would you start the answer? It's a, it's a fun. Well, I guess see, people are unsure because there's different ways to use it and different reasons to use it, um, and depending on why you need it, it can really confuse you on how to use it. Um, how to use it? How to use it is simple. All right. It's very, very simple. Rel equals canonical is um, is a tag you put in your meta, like like a meta keyword or a meta description tag, that defines the URL that is supposed to be the where the content of that page resides. So if you have a page that's like domain.com slash um, product ABC, and then if you if you have people sending in links with parameter tags and you can end up with multiple URLs having that same exact content displayed, you can use the rel equals canonical tag to tell all those other versions of the URL that no, no, this is the right version of the URL. This is the one that we want indexed by the search engines. Yeah. So the, the fact is there's a lot of different ways for a person to, for, for a search engine to see a particular page. Like, um, and a lot, of people, a lot of different ways for people to type a page in, too. You could add the, the forward slash at the end of a URL. You could add the forward slash slash or, so slash index.asp. Um, you could have the triple W or not the triple W. All these different things, yeah. well, technically, a server or a search engine can see as different places. And you can also have um, tracking code on the end of a URL, and those things those caused problems. Now, I, I would say, and I, it's probably a bit of a risk here, but I would say that in a lot of cases, search engines have gotten smart enough not to have an issue with this stuff, but I don't like to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like to play it safe. So canonical tags, they're great to have, frankly, uh, on every page of your site that you want to be the main source for that content. Uh, anywhere else, you might have duplicate content of the same thing. Um, make sure that it canonicalizes to the original one. So um, let's say, let's give this an example. Now that I've put myself in a corner here. Um, <laughs> um, your services page, which has a listing of your services. Well, maybe you've got a landing page somewhere that you also left open to the search engines, which has a services listing. Well, you don't want two services pages being listed in the search engine, so you don't want the link popularity to be split amongst the two. So you put the canonical tag on the original, the main one within your site, and the landing page um, as well. But the, the landing page would refer to the main one on your site so that anything that was built to that landing page in terms of link popularity would be transferred to the other one. And also, Google technically shouldn't even show that landing page anymore. Um, it should just 
refer to the other one. So, so I'm not sure about. See, this is this is why it's a good good question because I'm not sure that a canonical tag will transfer link juice. I think only the 301 redirect will do that. I do not. I'm not real sure that it does it. I've heard people say it does, but I haven't seen it myself. I have seen it though. I actually yeah. have. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I had a a client ages ago on on that really annoying Yahoo. Um, e-commerce platform. It's an excellent platform in terms of functionality, except for the one thing, they don't allow 301 redirects. So the only thing we could use was the canonical tag, and it did work. It worked like a charm. It passed over everything. So, well, great. Um, good. So my doubts are now put, put, put aside. I totally trust you, and if you say it works, I believe it. Now, again, that was a while back. We are dealing with <laughs> Moving target see, that it did work then. So, <laughs> see, see that makes it interesting because rel equals canonical is cross domain. So you can do uh, rel equals canonical from one domain to another domain, and if it's also passing juice, that that makes it very interesting to me. Because there's there's some, I don't know. There, I'd have to think about. There's now it sounds like there's ways people could use that as opposed to three hundred one redirects, and it's great from what you're saying. And as you gave a great example is where you can't do a three hundred one redirect, like if you're transferring your blog from from a blogger or, or somewhere that won't allow you to three three hundred one redirect the old site to your own domain or something. You can do cross domain rel equals canonical that way. So that's that's really good. If it also passes the link juice, that makes it much more valuable than I even thought it was. Yeah, and and uh, um, I see David Ogletree's in the, in the forums. Anyone else who wants to join the forums, you can go to webmasterradio.fm, um, well, where you're listening to us, if you are listening to us live, and there is a, a chat icon on the, on the I'm not, I'm not looking at it. I think it's on the side there or somewhere on the page, so it should be pretty easy to find. In any case, uh, David was mentioning that, uh, in his opinion, if you can swing putting the correct canonical tag on a page, you can also enforce URLs or change the URLs. In this case, and I agree, in this case, uh, the client was switching domains entirely. It was a nightmare. So, um, And at that point, it wasn't supposed to work. The domain-to-domain domain, uh, canonicals, like you wouldn't, weren't able to switch uh, domains, but um, right, yeah. When it first right. came out, it was not cross domain. It was it was only on one domain. You can only do it on the same domain. But they did they updated that a few months later. But it actually was in this case, or um, I, I did uh, was one of my few lucky occasions to talk with Matt about it. Matt Cuts and and but in this case, um, you know, he knew about the situation and it did work. Whether or not that was something behind the scenes or it was just happened to be that it could they just weren't saying it i don't know but uh it did work and obviously the client was very happy so it was a good good instance where things worked out there um now do you want to go for the next question or unless we've got yeah, else to add? yeah no no richard had another question it's also pretty good um a while back i think it was pre-january if i'm remembering correctly um it was confirmed that page load speed can influence results and that's that was what was the name of that update that was so many updates ago now um, caffeine caffeine it's hard to believe i can't remember caffeine it's so much has happened since then uh but when caffeine came out they confirmed that page load speed um, influences results um he's asking how is this metric figured um if the data is gathered from the google toolbar do they take the user's internet connection speed into consideration um so to take the last one first just because it's the easiest one to answer um <laughs> No, the internet connection speed is not taken into consideration. Your system resources, all that. That's why it's it's not load time. It's page speed. So when they say page 
that they very specifically named it page speed instead of load time, so they don't have you don't have to look at things like system resources, your internet connection, those kind of speed considerations. It's just the load time. Or just, see, I did it too. It's just the page <laughs> speed. <laughs> you know, based on all the factors that they're putting together, how fast should this page load? In a, in a similar environment compared to other pages. So, no, that stuff's not taken into consideration. Um, <laughs> quit laughing at me. <laughs> Actually, I'm laughing at something David said. He says they need to have a barbiturate update. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, how do you, do you go? One of the things, actually, it's something we're going to get to in a second. It was one of the ones mentioned at SMX West, apparently. Um, they brought up page load. Now you got me confused. See, it's nuts. Page speed. <laughs> page speed. Um, they they did bring it up in SMX West, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. I wasn't there, unfortunately. This is the first time I've been there in years, but uh, uh, got some good notes. That's the beauty of it. There's lots of great notes, so we'll cover that in a little bit. Um, so hopefully we got to – that was only one part of the question, though, wasn't it? That was only one part. So, so there's a couple other portions. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It says, uh, is the data gathered from the toolbar? Um, I don't believe so. You may, do you know anything different? Ross, no. I don't. I don't think it comes from the toolbar at all. I think they go to the page. They they hit it with a spider and pull the data directly from the, the page itself. Um, and how is it figured? Well, how's the metric figured? That's actually a pretty good question. There's there's a quite a few different variables they look at. And if you want to look at it yourself, um, if you want to find out what the spa- the the page speed is for your site or the pages on your site, um, you need to do two things. One, you have to have um, a Firefox plugin. Well, you don't have to because, well, you can do it with Chrome now, but it started in Firefox. You have to have a Firefox plugin called Firebug. And then Google created a modification for Firebug called PageSpeed Tool. And <laughs> so if you get the plugin Firebug and then you get the modification for plugin from Google, you can actually measure all this stuff yourself directly. Um, I think they have a light version now for Chrome. Um, I haven't used it yet, so I can't can't tell you if it's any good or not. But Firebug is an essential tool for any SEO anyway. So if you're not using Firebug, go get it. And, and then, are you laughing at? at, at <laughs> I'm just laughing at how SEO 101 this is. <laughs> it sounds very complicated now. Um, you know, the place I would go if people want to know it's very simple. Is I mean, it won't tell you what's wrong, but it'll t- well it actually does. It gives you some hints as well. Is the Google Webmaster Tools uh, page speed tool. Uh, within there, page speed report, I should say. Um, yeah. If you're logged into Webmaster Tools, you'll be able to see what exactly what Google sees, which really is what matters. And actually, if you go to that page speed report tool, there is a link to the Firebug and, and the page speed tool that you can use inside of um, uh, the Firefox. Um, I've, it's great too because if you go, if you do the Firefox thing, it'll it'll show you on a page by page basis what your scores are. It'll tell you what the issues are, and you can actually c- click through those issues in the tool, and it takes you to um, Google Pages in their help section on exactly what it means, exactly why it's an issue, and exactly how to fix it. Which is very amazing from a Google standpoint, is they usually don't give us that kind of information, but in this case, they do. Um, so. So, so One thing I thought the- was kind of funny is Pingdom, um, Beanies and Weenies, Beans and Weenies, <laughs> just love that nickname. Anyway, in the chat, um, said uh, Pingdom is another one that's out there. Well, yes. Yep. Uh, and, and, and Why, why Slow is actually Yahoo has one called Why Slow that's been around quite a bit longer than, than Google's um, as well. Now, 
one thing I want to make clear, at least from my perspective, I use these only to find out what to improve. They're all got different numbers. It's just ridiculous, the changes. Like, one says you're this 15 seconds. One says you're five. It's just, what? But yeah. the information they provide in terms of what you can fix is good. When you're when you want to know how fast your site is loading in terms of you know the actual page speed, um, go to Google Webmaster Tools because that's really what Google looks at. So why not? You know that's kind of what you need to focus on. Um, and then yeah. you can see in the history, so you'll see if the changes you've made have improved over time. And, and that's right. that's really what's key. And the, and the main question I get from when people talk about this to me, and, and even this question was like, he started it out by saying confirm that the page speed can influence rankings, you know, and your results. You know, how do I make sure? How do I use this to improve my rankings? It's such a small piece of the the overall algorithm that, you know, yes, it's great if you go in and fix that stuff because it's proven that a faster page, a faster site is going to convert better. So you're going to improve your overall website and business if you fix this stuff anyway. But when you say, am I going to outrank my competitor if I fix this stuff or am I going to improve rankings? My answer to that question is, the you know, you know how fast do I have to be is – the only thing you have to be is faster than your competitors. And if you're faster than your competitors, you should be fine. And you don't even have to be because, again, it's just such a small part of the overall algorithm. And, yes, you can use this tool to check how fast your competitors are too. Well, yeah, and, and what it comes down to it, if you're under the threshold, they, they, Google clearly outlines what's good, what they oh, like yeah, anyway. Definitely. You're fine. You're they fine. Spe- they, it it kind of took me by surprise when they first came out with that. They're, Google says in the guidelines when they're talking about page speed that they they expect an e-commerce page, and this is an e-commerce, very highly data-driven website, to load in 0.9 seconds. They expect the entire page to load in 0.9 seconds. I think they're just, just taunting us, honestly. Yes. I, I, I don't, and, I'm sure there's purists out there that say they can do it. I I have seen very few sites if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, and, and I read I read somewhere, and I wish I could cite it, but I can't. So just take this as rumor um, that Google says you're fine up until you hit 0.4 seconds, and that's when they start looking at your site. Um, not 0.4, four seconds. When you hit four seconds, that's when you should start. Anything beyond four seconds, you should start trying to fix things. Yeah. Uh. Well, let's uh, let's go for uh, one more question here, and then we'll probably be taking a break. Uh, uh, Blake Swopes has asked, uh, when you guys are making changes on a site, how long do you normally give a change before you decide if it had any effect or not and move on? Is it even possible to answer that since it's largely dependent on crawl frequency? Great question. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that I run into all the time with uh, clients, especially ones that I'm consulting with, um, because they often do the changes themselves and then come back to me. They're like, it's been a week. What's going on? Why hasn't it done anything? And, 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 and you know, there are times when sites are, are, are updating so often that, uh, that you can see something that, well, within a few days. But there's also many small business sites, and of course I deal with a lot of small businesses, where I don't often see big changes in terms of ranking uh, for at least a week to two weeks. Um, uh, sometimes longer if it's a really, really, really new site. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty frustrating. It's a tough thing to, to know for sure. Gone are the days in InfoSeek where you could refresh your listings after making an update. <laughs> yeah, really. A minute later. <laughs> um, it's to me. It's it's one of those things where 
depend on what type of update you're making to really how long you should expect to see any kind of change. I mean, there's a lot of updates that you make. That <laughs> you make them just because you know they need to be changed. And um, if, that's, if that's something that's happening, I usually don't worry about how long it's going to take to get back because I know it's going to be an improvement. Yeah. Um, but there are certain things, like if I'm going in and say, okay, I've got a site that's you know on the cusp of hitting page one. It's, it's like position 11 or 12 or something. And I'm going to you know, make a targeting change in my header tag um, or, or my title tag or somewhere on the page. Um, that's something I'm more interested in seeing, okay, how long is it going to take? I'm going to want to go back and see how that impact affected those rankings. See if I pushed it to page one um, just by that kind of content. And, and usually you're right. It does depend on crawl rates when it says, you know, how often you get crawled. But if you've got a pretty active site, you're getting crawled on a, you know, a, a, every day, every other day, multiple times a day. Um, should be anyway. If your site is very static and you haven't updated it in quite a long time, it could take a quite a long time for you to see any results from those changes. So if you're actively managing your site and you're actively publishing content on a regular basis, you should see the impact of your changes within a couple of days. One clarification we should make, we shouldn't put all the weight on, on crawl either. I mean, your site could be crawled to the ninth degree, but it may not actually affect your results yet. I mean, it does. Who knows when Google's going to make the update to your rankings as well? That's a very good point. Um, and, then, and, then, and then again, if it's a like if it's a link building effort that you're trying to measure, link building efforts will improve and then drop back down, on a, like almost like a, a bell curve, but on the way back down, it only drops about halfway. So there's going to be differences in the way the engines react to your changes based on what the changes are, of course. So it's funny. I guess we're kind of answering his question in, in, in sort of the ending there, which is: Is it even possible to answer that since it's largely dependent on crawl frequency? Yes, it's largely dependent on it, and no, there's really no way to be certain except to know that you're using good quality tips, like that John said. So, I mean, if you're using tried and true methods, you know you're improving your site. And again, you're not just trying to do it for for rankings. You're trying to do it for people who are on your site and enjoying it, and, and you want them to get more out of it. So it's all about keeping perspective as well. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. and we get back, we're going to jump into some of the notes from SMX West and other stuff on the Panda Farmer update. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. 
Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. The Cyber Law and Business Report, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with John Carcutt, who manages the SEO team at Sear Interactive. Sure, you may be able to hear just how crispy the McDonald's crispy, juicy, tender chicken sandwich is. But that's just the beginning. The full crispy, juicy, tender experience comes after you take your first bite. But why stop there? Order ahead on the app and get medium fries and soft drink for free. Now that's a deal that tastes even better than it sounds. Valid 830 to 919, 10, 11 to 1031, and 1122 to 121221. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. And myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Uh, we're just answering a few questions from our esteemed listeners, and uh, we'd love a few more. Please feel free to send some more. We also uh, look at our Facebook uh, page before every show as well, and that's uh, facebook.com slash SEO101podcast. And, uh, you know, feel free to get in there, get some conversations going, you name it. It's, uh, it's a good place to be, and we do also try and answer questions throughout the week if we have a time to do that. So, John, Panda Farmer. <laughs> First of all, which one's the official one? It's so frustrating. Panda's the official name, right? Pa- Panda's Google's name, and yeah. Farmer is Danny Selva's name. And it's interesting. Did you know where they got Panda? Apparently, the, the um, engineer who made the significant breakthrough to make this update possible, his name was Panda. So they've named it after him. <laughs> yep. Panda. Oh. <laughs> To me, the interesting thing about that is there was an individual significant breakthrough that made this update possible, which is very interesting when you think about it. That it took, you know, one specific thing to happen for them to be able to do this. <laughs> I, I know, and it's it's. I guess it just goes to show just how how complicated it is for these guys to try and um, 
frankly beat the spammers these days. I mean, it's just it's continuously difficult. I know the way it seems. Anyways, um, oops, I just shut a window by mistake. Ah, anyway, I've got the chat here. One of the questions here I thought was good actually is how do you handle pagination is- issues and are they affected by Panda? Uh, thank you, uh, San Diego SEO. Handle pagination issues, and I guess we should describe what that is first. Um, so, if you go for, um, if you're in a site, it's particularly useful in blogs. Um, let's say you're going into an archive or or a category section within a blog. Often, you'll get all the different articles up to say ten on a given page, and then you'll see below one, two, three, four, five, six to ten, uh, all the different articles that are on various well in history, um, and that's considered pagination. Uh, and frankly, I. I I constantly argue, and I get confused half the time on, on what to do for SEO and pagination alone. Sometimes I block them, sometimes I don't. Um, you're better at this stuff than I am, frankly, Sean. <laughs> what, what do you think? <laughs> well, I, I do want to point out that there's another kind of pagination that's actually a little bit more significant than the page level pagination is when a single article is broken up into multiple pages. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is more of an issue than when you have like a category that has 10 articles and then another page of 10 articles, another page of 10 articles. That's more of a crawling issue than it is a content issue. Um, yep. When you have a single article that's broken up into multiple pages, that becomes a content issue and that could be impacted by this this update because it really depends on how much content you have in each of those sections of that page. So if you have, you know, you break it up into chunks based on the content, let's say the top five reasons to do X, Y, Z, and you put each of the five reasons on its own page, well, unless each of those five reasons is equivalent, has enough content around it to make its own post, that's probably not a good idea because you're going to have a little bit of content on each one of those, and it's going to be very shallow content, which is what they're really talking about in the the Panda Farmer update is shallow or... um, you know, poor, poorly written or not a lot of content on a page that's overwhelmed by the rest of the page, like advertising or whatever. And that's a real possibility when you paginate an individual article. Um, you can still get away with it if you, if you need to. You can still do it if you have a huge article um, and you want to break it up so that it's not overwhelming for the reader. That's great, but just make sure each of those individual pages of that article have enough content to where they could be an article on their own at least or a page of content on their own. Yeah, and it's, it also, the, I guess, the, the disadvantage there is you've you got to make sure that the main page, the head of the page, uh, or the article gets all the link juice, um, which it does anyway. That yeah. goes back to our first question um, of the show. We talk about the canonical, rel equals canonical tag. Each of those pages, if you break up that article, let's say there's five pages, each of those five pages should have a rel equals canonical pointing back to the first page of the article. Yeah. And that's something that's rarely done. Uh, at least I, I haven't seen it done very often. Yeah, I, um, I, I fight with IT guys to get that done all the time. They, they don't like it cause, because it's <laughs> – they really don't because it's easy to do something if you do it template-wide. So all the page article templates get the same change. But this was this one's specific to, okay, these five pages are connected. They have to have one modification. And the IT guys don't like doing it. It's possible and they can, but they they put up a fight sometimes. <laughs> well uh, – Let's get into some of the uh, the updates from uh, SMX West. It's always a, it's a it's always a good conference. I, I really do miss uh, going to it, but uh, just didn't work out this time. In any case, uh, it's it's great because Matt Cuts and the team at Google often well they often show uh, lift their skirts a bit. 
<laughs> that particular day. Uh, that and SMX Advance, they do. Uh, they, they tell you some interesting stuff. I don't know why. They seem to schedule it then. <laughs> yeah, it's because they're close to home. Yes, it must be. <laughs> they feel more comfortable because they're close to home. It's a little warmer there, too. It's not quite a, quite a much of a, up, an up-breeze there. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was back in San Jose, right, this year? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, Santa Clara, I think, is where they do it. So it's really close to home. Um, So uh, some of the issues are uh, they're blocking low-quality content. Um, We already know that to a degree. Um, But low-quality, what does that mean? Um, Well, we're looking at stuff that's uh, shallow, like uh, John said there. So you've got very little text on a page. Um, Other issues are um, uh, add-to-content ratio. So if there's a lot of um, ads on the page, very little content, uh, they do. I don't. It should be interesting to see how they how they did that. I'd have to look at that, but it'll probably be based on the uh, uh, types of images on the page, and they're probably all on the sides versus in line with the text. Um, all these things have to be figured into the algorithm so they can determine what the differences are. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, the the crawl speed is actually noted as well. Um, we're talking about. Uh, we were talking about that earlier. Now, this sorry, I'm jumping off here. That's not involved in the low quality content. That's low quality. That's probably an overall site issue. But uh, uh, jump in here if you want. There, I see so many things to touch on. I'm trying to figure out how to get to it all. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Vanessa did, Vanessa Fox did a really good job of writing this up in Search Engine Land, and she she bulleted four little things directly from from Google's. Uh, um, she calls it Google's words. I don't know whether it was from an article or from what they said at the conference. Um, but the four, so she gets the algorithm specifically, and she breaks down four things in the algorithms, um, talking about low quality. It's shallow content, which which Rosh has covered. Poorly written content, which is interesting to me. Poorly written content. Does that it must mean, be grammatical? Does that mean grammatical spelling errors? Um, you know, it makes sense. I know a lot of people write on their on their sites in conversation instead of you know in conversation format instead of like proper grammar format. I don't know if if that impacts that or not because that's pretty common throughout the web. Uh, you would think they wouldn't want to hit something like that, but that's that's an interesting point. The poorly written content. You know that would be actually a good thing to bring back. As much as it could have its double in a double edged sword, but it would be nice these days if they had that kind of quality. Um, requirement in terms of uh, content, at least spelling errors. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> spelling errors. <laughs> um, you know, we're going to cut. <laughs> we got two of the four done, so let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to cover the other two and a few more things. Okay, so let's take a quick break. Verasco. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, 
ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contract required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with John Carcutt, who manages the SEO team at Sphere Interactive, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Uh, so, John, we cut you off halfway there. So, last two oh. points. <laughs> so, so, so Sneaky, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> you're, you're quick that way. So, a couple <laughs> of things with, with the algorithm that they're talking about. Um, a big one that we've always known is content copied from other sites. We've always known about duplicate content. We've always talked about it. But now, I think it's even more important that your content be unique and that there's enough of it. But the last one is the one that really gets me because this is in the algorithm section, remember. They're talking about their algorithm is updated. They're talking about content that's not useful. So somehow, maybe this is the the breakthrough that Panda made, they figured out a way to determine if content is useful or not through their algorithm, which to me sounds kind of like, you know, Google Kool-Aid, like, but... I just don't understand how they can determine if something is useful or not. It might be useful to me, but not useful to you or not useful to somebody else, but useful to my brother as well. You know, different things are useful to different people for different reasons. I don't know how they can determine that from an algorithm standpoint. Any thoughts? I would think that they could be importing some of their toolbar data on bookmarking. Um, Bookmarks would often, I would think, mean there's a certain amount of useful content there. I mean, obviously not everything's going to get bookmarked. I, I, you can't, I can't think of how that would be a massive component of that algorithm, but it's, it's uh, it, you know, that makes sense, though, to have it with bookmarking as a component. And there's probably other things, too, that people do. Sure. Maybe, maybe usefulness is also tied back into link, link, you know, your link graph or something as well mm-hmm. um, at some point. Well, one thing that uh, I thought was really interesting, and, and I'm sure this can be a lot more in terms of testing that's coming out, that's going to come out on um, on the table here, is that they say that if you've got low quality content on your site, it can bring down your entire ranking, um, your entire visibility of your entire site, site. Where you know you could have amazing articles elsewhere, but if you've got a lot of low quality content, they say either fix it or remove it because otherwise it's going to bring down your site. That's yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, that was interesting to me too. That, that you know, I guess it's a ratio. So if you have, I don't, who knows what the ratio is? Maybe someone will do some testing at some point to find out. But if you have X percentage of content on your site is deemed not useful, then your whole site can suffer. Even the really useful pages. To me, that's 
again, that's it's kind of smart, but where that ratio is is really will be really interesting when we figure that out. Well, and it's part of that. I don't know. I, I think it's pretty funny every year when they do these. So they, I think they, they just for fun they they goose up all these algorithms, the statements with a few things. I just want to see if people are going to follow. <laughs> you know, exactly. Let, <laughs> let's see what let's we can get them to do next. Place. <laughs> let's see if we can get webmasters to delete half the pages on their sites. <laughs> Reduce yeah, exactly. the size of the web by twenty percent by the end of two thousand eleven. <laughs> You know, everyone's going to increase their page speed by this much. It's going to be great. It's going to cost us a lot less to download pages, and oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, we won't have to crawl as many. It's a money-saving thing. They're going to make it faster. They're going to reduce the number of pages they have to index and download, and they're going to save money on crawling and computer processors, you know, electricity. It's it's good for their good for their investors. (laughs) But you know, it's it's true though. I mean, like, beans and weenies agrees. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Google would save a fortune and bandwidth they would can you imagine how much they must save just from people reducing 100k or something on some of these crazy pages oh um, yeah and then i wouldn't be surprised if they find other reasons for us to delete pages in the near future hmm sounding like a conspiracy to me <laughs> <laughs> here is an seo tip from our friend david ogletree check your analytics to find where you rank two or three for terms and then change your title to take advantage of new keywords you just found by changing title and text on the page Hmm. So right. I'm kind of confused. So <laughs> you're ranking number two or three for a term, and then you you want to lose that ranking by changing it to another term. So I'm confused. Yeah, David, I shouldn't have read that verbatim. I'm going to have to proof all your stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> David, you need, you need to write a blog post about that and send us a link or put a post <laughs> on, on our site to explain what you mean. <laughs> Uh, so what else about the uh, the update here we should cover? It's, we- it's, it's, it's interesting to note that um, when we're talking about this update, even the pages that are being impacted by it are still being indexed. So don't expect your pages not to be indexed if they get hit by this. They will still be indexed. They will just lose rankings. So it's like, yes – um, you're going to lose some traffic in the ranking, but it's not a penalty per se. It's just an algorithm switch, so your pages will stay indexed. So yeah, and some of the panicked phone calls I've gotten uh, from potential clients in this regard um, often told me kind of <laughs> guiltily. It's it's kind of funny listening to them actually. Let's try to think of how they did it. It's sort of like, a, uh, yeah, well, we we um, kind of got hurt in the long tail. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> really yeah, yeah, so your long tail rankings went down. Oh, Panda, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, in other words, long tails, I mean, and it's true, it seems to be the long tail that's really getting hit. Uh, some of their bolder terms tend to be doing quite well, interestingly, but their long tail aren't. Um, so, I, I saw an, a, a, I won't call it a case study, but an example of a couple sites that were competing against each other that, to me, really say the opposite of this whole thing we were talking about. If there's tons of ads on your site, that it's going to impact you. Um, I was looking at a couple of different coupon sites where you go and you get coupons for all these different brands. And they have all these sites have thousands of pages, tens of thousands of pages with all the different coupon deals and everything. And there was one site that I was looking at. I was looking at these two sites prior to panda and one site was super clean i mean it was like unbelievably clean they didn't even have header navigation it was so clean and it was just like boom 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 the navigation worked for them but it was like wow this is like nothing on this page except the content and some elements it was like 
amazing. The other one was all these related deals and all kinds of navigation in both the left and the right-hand columns, all kinds of stuff in the header and the footer, just tons of clutter all over the page. I was like, wow, this is just a mess. But it wasn't. It just seemed like it. The, the really clean page was outranking them for one of their key coupon terms, and that's why I was looking at it. After Panda Farmer hit, the, the one site with all the, the related coupons and all this stuff did really well. They actually gained a ton. Um, I don't know whether it was because a lot of their competitors got hit and dropped out, but they gained a lot of traffic and a lot of rankings. The one that had a very, very clean site disappeared. <laughs> it's just not fair. I know. It was like <laughs> so, I, so what that tells me is no matter what market you're in, no matter what you know space you're in, what your site looks like, it's gonna be different. There's so many things we don't know about what's going on. We can speculate, we've heard a lot, we've learned a lot, but it's gonna be an individual case by case thing. Uh, it's just just like always with Google. Yeah, and well and you know what to wrap things up here, I thought it would be kind of funny. I was just thinking about this this content that's not useful. I bet that's a way to cover their ass for not blocking eHow. <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, eHow does have useful stuff. It's just kind of garbagey. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know. I know that that's been a big problem. I know demand media, quote unquote, has not seen anything. In fact, I believe uh, I saw a quote out there saying demand media says, "Oh, we haven't felt the thing publicly." Um, yeah, is that like taunting the bull or what? I, well, I don't know. actually, there's a couple of people that did some some keyword research studies, and I'll try to find a link and post it on our Facebook page. But somebody looked at a million keywords before and after, and who was ranking well for what. And I don't know why they had this data, but they did. And they actually looked at a lot of the sites. They put out a list of the top 10 or 50 sites that got hit by Farmer Panda. And they actually called out eHow as gaining after the update. They actually gained. <laughs> but I did. I was interested to see Mahalo got, got handed their, their, back, their yeah. backsides. I don't know whether that's going to stick, but it, it certainly got well, them. Well, I'll tell you what. We did that, that show a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, um, on article marketing. We need to revisit that whole thing now. <laughs> that was pre-Panda. Article marketing to me is like, yeah, don't waste your time anymore. Ah, but I did hear a, a good point from a, a friend of ours, and, and I thought it was it was good. It was that, you know what? Well, first of all, this is how I would approach it. I would do what I normally do anyway, which is I try and I launch an article on my site, and then I take a little bit before I put it out there, like really put it out there, send it out to right. syndicators, you name it. Uh, unfortunately, you can't really control that with RSS unless you you really get custom with that. So yes, your RSS is still posting it, but what I do is I just take some time and and then I send it out maybe a day later to all my syndicators, and then post it to article sites. There's no harm in it, and they're so easy to get posted to. There's a lot of automated submission systems that'll do it, and these places do have lit readers. I mean, That's there's true. no harm doing it at all. Plus, um, there are other search engines, and they are still doing I – mean, there's not many, but <laughs> there yes. are some that still do give a bit of juice. And Okay, so, so I'll, re- I'll revise my statement. I'll say article marketing is not viable as a link-building tactic as much anymore. I mean, yeah, at all. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's still users. There's still people that can find your content, find your sites because of it without a doubt. Um, so from that perspective, it's, it could still be valuable. And also it prompts the social networks. 
there's a potential someone's going to see that article on these article sites and it's going to prompt them to, to, to retweet it, all that kind of stuff. And, and we do know that that's playing a role in people's rankings. So there's definitely a lot to it still. It's just like you said, it's not a link signal yet or anymore. Yep. And, you know, I wonder how long that'll last. I, I hope it, and honestly, in some regards, I hope it lasts a long time because it was getting way abused. Oh, but yeah. It, it was just, it, I don't know. I, I see, we, you know, we've seen so many changes over the years. I, I never really know how long these things are going to last and what's well, going to change well, next. You bring up a good point. I wonder if these social factors in the algorithm are tying into that useful content because if people are talking about it, tweeting about it, that's a cue that it's useful. Yeah, and also whether Google's going to be smart enough now, I mean, it's, it's, it's getting darn right scary intelligent, that it will, or in theory, um, <laughs> that it will uh, be able to connect the dots too, that you, from, let's say someone tweets or discusses uh, an article on, I don't know, ezinarticles.com that is known to have originated on stepforth.com. Well, would they tie the the if they were smart they would they would tie the juice over to Stepforth instead of to e, to ease on articles. I don't know. Hmm. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, that's where it should go. I mean, that would make the most sense. The person who wrote it should be the one that gets to benefit. Um, anyways, I, I it's uh, there's lots of stuff to discuss here, and I know we've already gone long today, but it was just so fun. We've got lots of great questions on there. Um, Plus, actually, it's been a, it, plus, it's been it's been a while since we've done this show, so we had to you know chat for a while and give them a little extra. Yeah, exactly. Keep them wanting more. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, on that note, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, who manages the SEO team at Siri Interactive, thank you for joining us today. My Twitter ID is at Ross Dunn, and John's is I'm at John Carcutt. Two T's. <laughs> there you go. So thanks for joining us today on SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Join us next week, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we'll talk to you then, Monday. Thanks, everybody. Please welcome your seat. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.